Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Computer Weekly Dantime Upload Podcast. Today's guest is David Glick from Walmart. Thanks for coming on the show today, David. Uh, to get things started, I'd like to ask you, how has your career journey helped you take on your current role at Walmart? Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. So by sharing my current role is leading enterprise business services, mm. which is all the things that support our associates every day. Oh, so we, when you turn on your laptop, that's part of enterprise business service. Um, when we close the books every quarter, that's part of enterprise business services. Mm. Uh, and when we pay our associates, that's part of enterprise business services. So I like to you know, indicate that we, we are very involved with our associates' lives on a daily basis. Mm. So you're um, like the big sort I, of IT department that looks after everyone at Walmart. Yes, we lead all the technology that takes care of our associates. Wow. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, but you've, you've, you've obviously, you've been at Walmart for a few years. Uh, I mean, um, what, what have you sort of learned in, you know, as, as a tech expert, uh, you know, since, uh, I mean, I, I guess it would be good to talk about how you got to where you got to. But, um, but generally, um, the different jobs that you've had, I mean, I, I mean, people obviously move between different positions as they pr progress their career. Um, I mean, what's been some of the things that you have taken away in your in the different roles you've had that have led you to where you are today? Sure. Um, you know, I started at Amazon 25 years ago uh, in infrastructure, setting up fulfillment centers. Mm. It was funny because uh, nobody wanted to set up fulfillment centers because supply chain wasn't cool 25 years ago. <laughs> and yes. interestingly, 25 years later, it is. Um, but, you know, I was in what you call hardcore IT infrastructure. Mm. Um, about five years after that, um, you know, as AWS came along and the other cloud providers, uh, we saw that uh, as, as not a growth field. But software, writing software was a growth field. Mm. Um, at that time, I got the opportunity to move from uh, infrastructure to software. And um, the boss who hired me said, you know, I have lots of people who can write code. What I need is people who can get things done. That always stuck with me. Um, and so I made that transition uh, into automating, uh, automating systems at Amazon to order inventory, to set prices, and mm. things like that. Um, and while we were doing that for retail, the idea of automating things, driving adoptions, setting up audits so that the automation, we were sure that it worked. That's, yes. That works in retail, it works in operations, and it works in enterprise business services. Mm. Um, yes, I mean, I, and I guess you know, that, that's, um, I, I, yeah, you know, it's, it's well ahead of its time uh, uh, to think that, you know, we were, I mean, we, Computer Weekly was not writing about automation uh, in the early 2000s. Uh, it, it might have been, but it wasn't, certainly it was not called uh, automation. Not like today where, you know, I think everything I get in my inbox is automate this, AI that, you know, it's, um, but uh, uh, that does seem a, uh, a sort of very forward thinking approach. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that, um, you know, 20 years ago there were internet companies and e-commerce companies now today, you'd never consider someone an internet company, right? They're just mm. a company. And I think what we're seeing today is there are a lot of companies who are calling themselves AI companies. And in 10 years, we won't have AI companies and non-AI companies. We'll have 
every company will have AI weaved in in some way, hmm. and so it'll just be a company. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I, I know this is not not one of the questions that we were going to discuss, but it, I mean, it, it's further. I mean, we are going to talk about AI definitely, but uh, it does. This is just an obs- my observation, uh, just from again the information I see coming into Computer Weekly's mailbox. Uh, every software company is doing something with AI. You know, AI is embedded in what they do. Uh, just like you know, a few years ago it was around um, automation now it's around AI uh, it was around cloud as well you know everything was cloud a few years ago everything is cloud now and uh, this is just where the enterprise software market appears for, for my as an outsider looking looking what's seeing seeing what's seeing what's going on it seems that's the way the industry is heading but I want to move on to question two which is um, yeah I mean in, in the past uh, Many traditional retailers have failed to grasp the full potential of e-commerce. And I know you, you just mentioned that every company, we're not differentiating between, you know, internet commerce, you know, internet, internet companies and the like. But, you know, there was this thing in, you know, the, the Y2K era that, you know, there was a, the e-commerce big bang and all of that and everything fell apart. Uh, but what excites you about how Walmart is approaching traditional retail and e-commerce? Sure. One of the keys to e-commerce is that you have to have inventory close to customer. Mm. Um, and Walmart has uh, was is within 10 miles of 90% of people, 90% of households in the U.S. Yes. So we fundamentally have inventory close to customers in the store. Mm. The challenge is how do we use an omni-channel approach? So Walmart's a people-led, tech-empowered omni-channel retailer. And one of the few folks who actually integrated physical bricks and mortar with uh, our e-commerce site through um, Bopis, buy online, pick up and store, hmm. uh, and through home delivery from the stores. Yes. And, and so that, I think, uh, makes us unique in the, our ability to serve customers across the globe. Mm. And, uh, I mean, has that, uh, I, I know you've only been there a few years, but... I guess it is constantly evolving. The, uh, I mean, we we write about you know the customer experience, the end to end customer experience. Uh, so you know what yeah. what the customer sees, they don't want to see the back end system. They don't want to have to deal with, oh, you know, uh, things are broken, and I have to deal with three or four different people to solve a particular problem or to get my delivery. Yeah, I mean, one of the interesting. Uh, things is we, we have many co- folks who are Walmart customers, and a few years ago they'd never shopped online, mm. um, and the the online retailers were sort of foreign to them. So, built bringing the trust that they have in Walmart to, and the simplicity of our app uh, has allowed us to really gain share with those customers who enjoy sometimes going to the store, but sometimes have things brought to their door, mm. and sometimes sitting in the parking lot while we load it directly into their cars. I mean, uh, I know this is not like, you know, one of those, it's it's more your, your opinion on this, uh, you know, rather than a, a sort of a question that you, you'd have a, 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 a direct answer. But I mean, anecdotally, is there in, I mean, I've noticed that it's been very much a younger generation thing. Uh, and I'm not sure how things are different between the US and the UK. But are, is an older demographic, are older people making more use of online um just your perspective on it your 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 view you know your, your with your would your would your parents be 
uh, able to shop online. I know my, my mother would find it very difficult. Um, that That's my personal experience. Yeah, you know, we like to meet customers where they are, whether that's online, whether that's in store. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes they're online in the store. You know, one of the things that I'm super passionate about here um, with Enterprise Business Services is taking care of our associates. Yes. Um, and so uh, in addition to taking care of our customers, which our associates do, we want to take care of our associates. And so we've built um, an app, a consumer-grade application, which allows our associates to clock in in the stores, to uh, submit expense reports, to even order food at the cafeteria, uh, as well as having an AI assistant built into it. Mm. Oh, well, that's interesting because it leads me on to my, um, my, one of my questions. It's, it's not the questions that are in the order that I was going to originally ask them, but how are modern trends in IT influencing the technology decisions that you make and, and wider within Walmart as well? I mean, traditionally, in many big companies, uh, you'd go out, you'd figure out what your problem is, and you'd go out and buy uh, uh, off-the-shelf shrink-wrapped software, and mm. you'd hire some consultants to integrate it. Yes. Um, more and more at Walmart scale, um, those off-the-shelf solutions don't work uh, at the scale we need to. Mm. And so um, four years ago, we brought in uh, Suresh Kumar, who's a technology leader who'd been at Google and Microsoft and Amazon before this, um, and started to build the practice of uh, building software in-house rather than an RFP and bringing yes. a third-party software in. Just because at the scale of Walmart, um, we need to be able to customize exactly what we need, and it needs to be resilient and up 100% of the time. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, asking about, you know, talking, sorry, about the in a hiring uh, a tech leader uh, from one of the big tech firms uh i mean the i mean these big internet companies the big the tech giants uh they seem to have a reputation for hiring the top talent and i just wanted to ask you where do you think uh, it, i mean just for our readers i mean how do you go about looking for tech talent how, how can you attract these people into your own organization and how does walmart do this yeah, I mean, you do it in a variety of ways. At the lower levels, you know, you have recruiters who are looking at LinkedIn and doing searches. Mm. You know, as you move to more senior folks, uh, you look at your network, um, and that can be people you've worked with in the past, or people they know who've referred them, or just people you've met over the years through LinkedIn and other conferences. Um, but you know, I've met many amazing people and built a great network of some of the best talent in the world. Hmm. And you know, some of those are from West Coast uh, high tech firms, and some yes. of those are from, uh, you know, from Bentonville, Arkansas. Yes, um, I mean, I, I think I just wanted to drill down a little bit further on that. It it it's not that um, any sort of company that's been longstanding and traditional uh, is going to be uh, a boring place to work, but. <laughs> what 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 the likes of Google and Apple and Microsoft are able to do is somehow instill this thing that they are the most exciting place to work. So I mean, yeah, if, for, I, for, for the I mean, I would for say the, that uh, yeah, sorry, go on. For 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 people who love technology and who love operations, mm. um, uh, in in the physical world and love taking care of customers, you can't beat Walmart. We're the biggest 
uh, biggest retailer, the biggest company in the world. Mm. We have a 25,000 person strong technology team. And so we are big tech. And yes. so when you say Google, Microsoft, Amazon, Apple, like you should put Walmart right in there as well. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's interesting. Isn't it? I mean, and, and I guess in operations, in terms of IT operations, it is, if, if you know, we, I, I guess it's one of those skills that people don't really appreciate as much until they're doing it, until you understand that without it, you don't, you don't get your, your, your new software running anyway. It's, it's never going to be deployed, right? And the hardware yeah, I mean, is not going so, to be put out there. So, yeah, I mean, I would say this. Uh, you know, we mentioned Google, uh, Microsoft, uh, others. They have these consumer presences, but the the consumers they never see, and it's all bits in the in the ether. Mm. Um, at Walmart, we are actually interacting with customers every single day. Our technology is used by millions of associates every day, and so if you want to be able to see. Um, tangible things and and work with your consumers and work with your associates you can't beat walmart for that okay i mean i just want to move on a bit and ask you about um some of the technologies that you feel i mean given that you say that walmart is like one of the biggest tech firms right it, it's it's up there with apple and walmart and um google and the like uh, in, in terms of what it does with technology. Um, what new technologies do you feel are the ones we should be watching? And how do you think they will change how IT is built, deployed and operated in the future? Yeah, I mean, obviously, everybody's talking about generative AI right now. Mm. Um, we've taken a, a two pronged approach in, in my organization. One of the things we want to do is um, go from the top down and say, let's pick an application and see how it goes. And so we're working on um, an application to help our benefits help desk agents to augment uh, their experience by um, listening to the questions and, and helping them with the answers um, when people call in with benefits questions. You know, the way I think about it is, you know, who's better to, um, to memorize a 300 page benefits guide? Mm -hmm. Is it a computer or is it a person? Um, but also, we want to do a bottoms up. We're basically crowdsourcing ideas for generative AI by launching my assistant um, in our app. And my assistant um, is basically a, a box where people can use Gen AI in a safe and IP protected way to do whatever they want. And we can monitor those queries and monitor what they use it for. And that will tell us what are the things that are important to our users and that will lead us to building those functionality more purpose built. I just want to follow up on that, David, if I may. Um, you, you mentioned it's sort of the intellectual property safe way of doing this. Uh, now, the I mean, the cloud providers all are offering generative AI in the cloud, right? Uh, so your IP gets shifted up there. Presumably, you mean that is not happening at Walmart. Yeah. And, you know, over time, the cloud providers will have to come up with a solution which protects people's IP out of the box but we're right at the cutting edge of a generative AI. So we're, we're working very closely with both of our cloud providers to make sure that between what we have in guardrails and what they're doing, none of our IP leaks into the public domain. Mm. I mean, it's, it's related to my next question, this actually, but um, I, I was going to ask you about the risks um, beyond the things that you've mentioned. Obviously, security and protecting our IP are super important. Mm. Um, you know, we, we work with the cloud providers as well as our, our own in-house stack for generative AI. 
but it's it's paramount for us that um, our user data, our customer data, and our uh, generally our IP stays within our firewall and isn't used to train others' data uh, data sets. Hmm. And so we spend a lot of time figuring out how to do that. Um, yeah, I mean, just want to drill down a tiny bit on this, um, given what the industry, I mean, the industry is also recognizes that you can't just put things into the public cloud and, I mean, and use generative AI, uh, although they, 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 may, they may let you do that. It's not advisable, right? Um, uh, I mean, are you, are you actually having to build everything, you know, effectively behind in your own, inter, in, in your own uh, network behind the firewall? Uh, effectively, I mean, we work closely with our cloud providers, mm. or I guess people say hyperscalers. Yes. Um, and, you know, some of what we're running is our own GPUs and our own data centers, some w- with our cloud partners. But we work very closely when we work with our cloud partners to make sure that uh, it's behind our firewall, even if it's in their data center. Mm. I'm sorry to bring this up, but I'm going to ask one of those boring IT questions that I think every um, IT leader tends to get asked at some point, because we've just been talking about some really exciting cutting edge stuff. But um, one of the things that never goes away is um, legacy IT and even stuff that, again, I mean, I'll, I'll bring back when I first started on Computer Weekly, you know, we were, work, we were working on stories that looked at Y2K. That's how long I've been at Computer Weekly, by the way, uh, and how companies were moving to client-server computing over the mainframe because of the date issue, the date bug. Uh, now we're it's like twenty-five years on, right? You know, the, the client-server computing has gone through many evolutions to to you know diff, different types of technologies being used, but that's now legacy because we're now in the cloud era. You know, the hyperscalers are pushing forward new way of thinking about IT, cloud native and things like that. You know, there's the exciting stuff, but you also have this, as you build things, it becomes stuff that has to be maintained long term. I'm just really interested in in Walmart's approach to that. Uh, The whole application lifecycle, I guess, is probably a nicer way to put it. Yeah, uh, when when Suresh Kumar joined for Walmart four years ago, mm. set out to fix the foundation of technology at Walmart, and so we've spent a, a large uh, amount of engineers and dollars on moving off of the mainframe into the cloud or into our own on-premises cloud. Mm. You, you mentioned um, cloud native, which have a platform called the Walmart Cloud Native platform, which we use to abstract away which cloud we're on or if we're on. Um, a mainframe or anything else so that we can deploy software quickly and we we that's allowed us to move much more quickly with advancing our technology okay uh yeah i've got one final question it's it's sort of, we've gone quite deep into a technology rabbit hole and we don't in fact we've, done, we've gone through a few of these but um but finally um just just moving right at the top and as a sort of high level you know business manager type thing but what advice would you give to it managers and I, you know, CIOs, IT leaders, IT directors, uh, given the current cost of living and the constraints on the technology budget, uh, there, there's, there's a lot going on. And, you know, businesses do want to evolve their technology stack and they do want to, they do want to automate stuff as well. Uh, but there's also this fact that, you know, you need people with the right skills what, what 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 generally do you? I mean, in terms of just your general thoughts on how 
you can take the people along, the, the, the internal software people and operations, IT operations people, along on that journey. Yeah, I mean, I've been through several uh, transformation journeys or automation journeys um, at, at different companies. And what we found is that on the other side, uh, there will still be jobs. The jobs may be different skills or different levels, but um, becoming more productive actually increases the amount of opportunity for our staff. Mm. And so um, I'm actually pretty excited about uh, you know, constrained budgets because it, it makes us make good prioritization decisions. It makes us look at uh, maybe we don't want to launch XYZ new features this week. Maybe we want to go clean up our house. Um, and that means uh, automating mundane tasks, which we have uh, have had people doing, or, um, or other boring things, which um, which actually aren't interesting to the people who are doing them. And so they would much rather do uh, more interesting tasks. So if, as we automate those away, it both makes us more efficient and makes the jobs more rewarding. Well, David, thank you ever so much for taking part in today's podcast. Thank you for having me. And thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.